purpose. So Exodus chapter 14, verse 5 to 31 is where we're at. And this is what the Bible says. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed towards the people. And they said, what is this we have done that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariot and took his army with him. Verse 7. And took 600 chosen chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. (coughs) The Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them and camped at the sea by Pi-Hiroth in front of Baal-Zephon, where Pharaoh drew near. The people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, And they feared greatly, and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out to Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians. (coughs) For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, that he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You have, and you have only to be silent. Verse 14, the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. So that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. And the angel of the Lord who was going before the host of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was cloud and darkness and it lit up the night without one coming near other all night. And Moses stretched out the hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters divided, and the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, and the waters being a wall to them on the right hand, and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, his horsemen in the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and on the cloud, looked down on the Egyptian forces, and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily and so the lord said to moses stretch out your hand israel before israel for the lord fights for them against the egyptians so the lord said to moses stretch out your hand over the sea and the water may come upon the egyptians upon their chariots and upon their horsemen so moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared and as the egyptians fled into it the lord threw the egyptians into the midst of the sea then the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen all of the host of Pharaoh and that followed them into the sea, not one of them remained. Verse 29, But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, and the waters being a wall to them on their right and on their left. That this, Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians, so the people feared the Lord. They believed in the Lord and in his servant, Moses. Will you pray with me for a moment? Father, we thank you for the power of your word. We pray as the word of God is preached today, that Lord, you will speak with power, you will speak with purpose, you will speak with clarity. Thank you for what you're about to do. You're always here. You never leave us, you never forsake us. And we pray in Jesus' name, whatever you want to do today, we give you permission to do. 
Come Holy Spirit and execute your will. Impose it by the glory of your power. In Jesus name. Amen. Um, I One of the things I enjoy most in life is, uh, is cricket. I love the game of cricket. I love playing it. I love watching it. I like talking about it. I like discussing it. In case you have no idea what cricket is and you think it's a really confusing game, I feel sorry for you. I think uh, it's an amazing game and uh, I will defend cricket to my very end. Uh, but when you're playing cricket, one of the worst feelings in playing cricket when you're batting, um, so basically if you're batting on one side, on one end of the pitch, you've got another person on the other end of the pitch, your teammate also with a bat, and you're supposed to run between the wickets. Now, you've got you to gotta make it in time to the bit that it's safe before they, they, they can, kind of can take you out. And if they hit the wickets with the ball, then you're out. So when you hit the ball, you've got to run fast to make sure that you get to the other end. Now, it makes it tricky because two people now have to communicate with each other that they've, got to, either, they've either got to take one run or two runs or three runs. And the worst feeling in cricket is when you take a run and you run out your opposite, you, you run out your batting partner. You know, you're like, yes, I think there's a run there. Let's start running. And they start running from the other end. They are running towards you. And then you think, oh, man, I've made a mistake. And you send them back. And they don't have enough time to go back. And you think, oh, what have I done? Or sometimes you end up losing your wicket because you think there's a run there. And there wasn't a run there. And they get out. Because it's confusion around whether. And even if you are confused right now already, you're like, man, I don't even know what you're talking about. Just trust me when I tell you it's a confusing game sometimes. But it actually works. And it's a beautiful game. Because it's confusing when you're like, yes, let's run. No, no, let's not run. Yes, no. And then in a split second, you have to make a decision whether you're going to run or you're not going to run. I have found that sometimes following God is like that. Because you're like, God, do you want me to run or do you want me to stay? And sometimes he gives us mixed signals because he he tells us to do both. And you're like, "What, what exactly am I meant to do? Am I meant to run? Am I meant to go? If we, if we look at the Bible, the story that we read, Israel is in, in, in just before the Red Sea. They've got, they've got a massive sea in front of them. They can't go any further. They look behind. An army is coming to kill them. So they're stuck in the middle. They've got two options. Death by drowning or death by beheading. I mean, if you were in that situation, what would you do? Like, what would you pick? It's not like, oh, I've got, I'm amazed that I've got two choices. Which one would you I mean, like pick one, you're going to either drown in the Red Sea if you move forward. If you stay there, you're going to be killed by this army. Look at verse 13. Moses speaks to Israel and they're here in front of the Red Sea. Moses said to the people, fear not. Everybody say fear not. Stand firm. Everybody say stand firm. Okay, question. What does stand firm mean? Is there a run there or no run? There's no run. He's like stand firm. You will see the salvation of the Lord. He will work for you today. When? Today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only have to be silent. Verse 15. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Like, am I meant to go stand or go forward? Like, which is it? Uh, Lord, help. You just need to stand. And then, God help, you just need to go forward. Like, which is it? 
is is there a run there or is there no run there like what how how do you how do you how do you how do you understand what god is trying to communicate cuz god in one sentence tells them to stand firm and go forward at the same time i mean, i don't need to like can you do that if i told you paul you got to stand firm and go forward at the same time what's what's the choice do i stand do i go i don't think god was confused i don't think god was making a decision um, god was confused about making a decision i think we've got to understand when god talks to us sometimes he says i need you to go forward but i need you to stand firm and standing firm is not a physical standing firm it is an internal firmness of the conviction that god is going to somehow come through and get us through this fear not stand firm and you will see the salvation of the lord today stand firm and you will see the salvation you know the best way to go forward in life is to stand firm that god's got it the best way to make progress when you can't see progress is to stand firm and don't allow fear to come knocking on the door and go i don't know what's going to happen lord oh i don't know what's next there's red sea in front of me i might drown or i might die i might be beheaded i might drown i don't know what god says no fear not stand firm after vision sunday we're coming and plan for you is to go forward you see on a sunday like this which is after vision sunday we're coming and rejoicing at the at the amazing thing god has done 168000 pounds pledged and given over 170 people represented here who made a decision to say i'm part of this vision let's go forward it so happened that a four year journey that was supposed to culminate in 2026 culminated this week many people believe because of the collective obedience of the people in this room a miracle was released for us to live in acceleration and we received upwards of 600,000 pounds in an estate from the late pageant and when we finish a sunday like that it's amazing because we are clapping we're shouting we're rejoicing but you see now some of us have to be in a moment where we are in front of the red sea and there's pharaoh behind us because now we've got the redeem the pledges that we said we were going to do because god spoke to us and said hey will you believe me some of us never tithed before so we've stepped out and filled the pledge card and we thought man this is our first thing i don't know how we're going to do it and god are you in this you heard god because nobody told you what amount to fill in it was between you and god and god spoke to you and there's a pledge card that you've written down and last sunday was great we celebrated we rejoiced the photos look amazing 168000 is an amazing miracle what god has done through pat is an incredible legacy but now you've stepped out and he said yes god is taking us to a better place i can't wait to see this miracle unfold but now for the rest of the year you're in a place where you're going gosh i feel 10000 pounds because i heard the holy spirit say 10000 pounds above and above and beyond my tithes and offerings and i've brought in 500 now got to test god for 9500 what do i do if i take one step forward i'm going to drown if i stay here i'm going to be headed what do i actually do lord because you now have to wrestle with the fact that that which you said you were going to do you're going to have to now obey before the lord what do you do when you find yourself in a hard place like that and i believe god didn't bring you this far to make a spectacle out of you to make fun of you to leave you hanging but he brought you this far to lead you into a place you've never been before 
You will walk in territory you've never walked before. You will walk in faith you've never walked before. You will walk on land you've never walked before. Did you know that up until that day, up until the four, up until the 14th chapter of Exodus, not a single footprint was ever seen at the bottom of the Red Sea. But for the first time in the history of the globe, human footprints were seen at the bottom of the Red Sea. You will walk in territory you've never walked before. You will walk on land you've never walked before. You will experience favor you've never experienced before. God does not bring you into a place of obedience to go, haha, I just wanted to see your reaction, to see how you would fail, to see how you would fall, to see how you would walk in shame. No, if God spoke to you and you find yourself between the Red Sea and the army, he didn't bring you thus far to leave you, to fail you, to falter you. He is faithful to lead you through. That's why sometimes you got to stand firm even though you see no way forward. You look forward, there's no way forward. I'm going to stand firm. You turn around, there's no way back. I'm going to stand firm. You look all around you, there's no way anywhere, but I'm going to stand firm. Because standing firm is one of the things that you can do when you are in the middle of a season, when you have no idea what to do. It means God has a plan for you to go forward. And he's telling us as a community today, well done for bringing your offering. Well done for writing out the pledge cards. Well done for listening to my voice. And stepping out and obeying. But it may feel like over the next 12 months you are between the Red Sea and the army thinking, am I going to drown or am I going to be beheaded? But I want to prophesy over Beacon Church. We will not drown by, we will not die by drowning and we will not die by the hand of the army. We will see the miraculous salvation of the Lord and we will tread through waters that we haven't tread through. And God is going to open miracles for us and there will be 12 months of testimony after testimony after testimony because if God has said it he will prove it and if he proves it we will look back and say look what the Lord has done everybody that's anticipating a miracle give God a shout of praise in the house right now because we know that he is able to do it he's able to do it stand firm okay move forward what stand firm and move forward is there a run there when cricket, we'd go, no run. So we'd stay in the crease. And then the partner would go, run, run. Go. And we'd get so mad at our partners because you're like, make, make the instruction clear. Because God was like, we're going to go into a land of flowing with milk and honey. Slavery is over. And then everyone was like, oh, I think there's a run there. And they get to there and go, what? Is, is this? And so they ask Moses this question hypothetical question do you think there were no graves in egypt that you brought us all the way here to die in other words they're like man we're not going to live anyway but the funeral services back in egypt were much better than the funeral services here in the desert because some of us can come to such extreme conclusions about our future Because right now, God hasn't revealed the how, the why, the detail, or when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, who it's going to happen with. And some of you in this room are worried about detail. I can sense the spirit in the room, the heaviness that says, oh, I'm just worried. How is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? How am I going to have that conversation? How is God going to do it? There's so many things about my future. And sometimes all God has to say to you is, stand firm, fear not, you will 
will see the salvation of the Lord today. And the enemies you see today, you will not see again. You got to move forward. And Moses brings out his staff, stretches it over the sea. The sea splits on the left side and the sea splits on the right side. And the people start walking. When the people start walking, you would like to think that that would be a good time for God to close the sea. But no, the Egyptians also enter the sea. And they start pursuing the Israelites. One of the things I really, really struggle with God. Can I be honest? Here's what I really struggle with God. Look at verse 17. They are walking and I will harden the hearts of Egyptians. They shall go in after them. I will get glory over Pharaoh and his host. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I've gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots, his horsemen. Verse 19. And so they're moving forward. The angel of the Lord who was going before the host moved and went behind them. And the pillar moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. There was cloud and there was darkness. It lit up the night without one coming near other all night. Everybody say all night. All night. Verse 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand by the sea and the Lord drove back the sea by the strong wind all night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided and the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground and the waters being a wall to them on their right and their left. Verse 23, the Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea, all of Pharaoh's horses and the chariots and his horsemen and in the morning watch, in the morning watch, when? In the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and the cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic. This is what I struggle with God sometimes. I say, God, why did you wait that long? Like, you could have just thrown them into panic when they started the journey. They go all the way to the Red Sea and the Egyptians are pursuing, and the Egyptians are pursuing, and the Egyptians are pursuing, and the Egyptians are pursuing. They come to the Red Sea. Now it's like, do I drown or do I die? What do I do? Go forward. Okay, the, the, the sea is split and they're going and the Egyptians are pursuing, and the Egyptians are pursuing. And they do this all night. God waits till it was nearly daybreak for him to step in and go, I'm going to throw the Egyptians into confusion. Why did God wait that long? I mean, if God could do that, why couldn't he just do it in the beginning? You see, sometimes the wrestle of trusting God, even though nothing is changing, is important because the Bible says when it happens that way, God gets glory. Because you can't say, I made it, I did it. I Look what I did. Look at the pledges that I brought to church. Look how much I could give to church. No, no. Sometimes we got to come to a place of a wrestle and we're wrestling all night. Some of you who have made a pledge, you'll have to wrestle this month. You'll have to wrestle next month. You'll have to wrestle the month after. And it may not be until the very last moment that a miracle comes through. But I want you to know if God has promised, his God is faithful. And maybe you're considering a situation right now and you're coming to the conclusion that this is not really God because if it was God, he would have stopped the enemy. But the enemy hasn't been pursuing you. And the enemy has been going on and on. And you've been walking all night looking at the enemy. And the enemy is still coming after you. But in the morning watch, God stepped in and threw the Egyptians into confusion. I want to say to you, some of you, your morning watch is about to appear. Your morning watch season is about to come into your life. You've been running from an enemy and you've been praying. You've been trusting. You've been hoping. You've been claiming the promises of God, praying the promises of God, standing on the word 
word of God. Nothing has been changing. The enemy has still been pursuing again and again and again. But I tell you, there's sometimes you got to run through the night at 11 p.m. and it's midnight and then it's 1 a.m. and then it's 2 a.m. and it's 3 a.m. and it's 4 a.m. and it's 5 a.m. and you look back, the Egyptians are still there. Say, God, I've been praying for a long time now. How come there is no change? But sooner or later, the day will break and the dawn will appear. And when the dawn appears, God, who has called you so far, will step in and say, I didn't bring you this far to leave you. I didn't bring you this far to fail you. I didn't bring you this far to make a spectacle out of you. But he will step in and he will show the salvation of the Lord. And we will only have one story. This was the Lord's doing. And we will give him all the praise and glory because we didn't do it. But God did it. God did it. That will be our story. He says, I'm going to do this so that I can gain glory for myself. To every person that's made a pledge, it might feel like the Red Sea and Pharaoh for a while now. Because you gave, you wrote, you stepped out. But what next? Well, there's 12 months with which you have to redeem that pledge. That means living now before God and saying, God, I'm not going to try and manipulate this. I'm not going to try and change this. I'm not going to try and divert things to make sure that I've done it. No, it's either a faith journey or it's not. And if you've called me, I find myself in the front of the Red Sea and in front of Pharaoh. I don't know which way to go, but God is selling us as a church. Stand firm. Stand firm. Stand firm. I will gain glory over Pharaoh and all of the Egyptians. Look what happens. Verse 24. In the morning watch, in the pillar of cloud, God looked down and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic. Verse 25. Clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from before Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. I mean, why did God wait till that moment for this to happen? And God could have just done something the moment they prepared their chariots. God could have just struck them down by lightning and God would have gone, there you go, leave my people alone. No, God allowed the pursuit. God allowed the wrestle. God allowed all of these moments to appear until the very end. And the Egyptians go, oh my goodness, there's no use in fighting Israel because they're God fights for them. The Lord said to Moses, stretch your hand over the sea. The water may come upon the Egyptians, upon the chariots, upon their horsemen. Verse 27. So Moses stretched out the hand and everything grew back to normal. The Egyptians fled and the Lord threw the Egyptians into the sea. The waters covered until none of them remained. Verse 9, 29, look what the result is. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea. The waters being a wall to them on their right and a wall to them on the left. I want to prophesy everything that is making you afraid is actually your security for protection. God will make sure that he sees it you to the other end. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptian. Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Verse 31. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians. The people feared the Lord. They believed in the Lord 
and in his servant mode. Let me paraphrase that for us here at Beacon Church. I believe Beacon Church will see the great power that the Lord will use against our enemies. And we will walk in the fear of the Lord. And we believe that God himself has led us, called us, promised us. And we will trust him. Why? Because this journey was started by him, initiated by him. He spoke to us. We stepped out and trusted him. And now for the next 12 months, we've got to keep the momentum going to say there is no plan B. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep trusting. We're going to keep sowing. We're going to keep giving. We're going to keep serving. We're not going to back down. We're not going to quit. We're not going to die. There's not going to be a grave that we're going to dig. But we don't know which way it's going to come. But God will make a way where there is no way. And our dawn is about to rise. And the enemies that we saw today, we will never see again. It is a season change for us. It is a plan change for us. We will see power like never before. We will see glory like never before. We will see grace like never before. We will see God's goodness like never before. We will see God opening doors like never before. We will see miracles like never before. We have already entered into our season of double and we have created space. We have moved and now God is going to move on our behalf in the name of Jesus. He's going to move. He's going to move. And so we shouldn't make the mistake of thinking, oh, What else do I need to do? Maybe I haven't prayed enough. Maybe I haven't forgiven somebody. Maybe I haven't done enough work. No, no, no. Sometimes he keeps you in the wrestle. So he can train you how to live in the fear of the Lord. Sometimes he keeps you in the journey so he can train you what it means to say, wow, God is powerful. You see, at the end of the journey, the people didn't come through the other end and said, oh, that was nice. That's good, wasn't it? Good journey. No. They were all going, wow, God is amazing. And the mention of his name, people were trembling. Whenever he spoke, people were quickly obeying. Because they realized God is great and his power is amazing. And I said this in the first service and I'll say it again. Suppose you pledged 10,000 pounds towards the vision offering. You brought a thousand. And you're wrestling, thinking... Where's the other 9,000 going to come from? Even if we come to the end of the next 12 months and you've stayed in the fight, and let's assume that somehow the 9,000 didn't come in. But if you stayed in the fight long enough for you to have the realization that God will not leave you, He will not forsake you, He will always make a way, and you came to the other end of this journey, with a greater awe and a reverence and a trust for God, Beacon Church would have won anyway. Because the awe of God is way more valuable than 9,000 pounds coming in. And some of us have left Egypt and we kind of treat God as somebody to kind of negotiate with. God will understand. But He wants to bring a fear of the Lord, a reverence, saying, God, your word matters. When you speak, I want to move. Worship matters. Surrender matters. All matters. And that's why this pledge is important because it will train your hands on how to live in that place of trust, of surrender. How many of you believe that God didn't bring us, Beacon Church, this far to leave us? That He has a way. He will make a way. He will provide a route that we've never... I saw a picture as I was just speaking even now of footprints at the bottom of the Red Sea. 
had never been trodden by human footprint before. Human footprints had never appeared at the bottom of the Red Sea before. But it appeared for the first time because a group of people decided to do this. They stood strong and they moved forward. They stood strong and they moved forward. Everybody that wants to quit, don't quit. Everybody that feels like quitting, don't quit. As, as I heard one pastor once saying at a preach, he said, it's okay to feel like you want to quit. Just don't do it. You know, just, just don't do it. Don't quit. Stay in the fight. Stay the course. You stepped out and you trusted God. Now stay. Stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. But there's no way forward. Stay. Stand strong. Move forward. For today, God is about to do amazing things for you. I don't know, but I think God is speaking so loud and clear for us through what happened on Tuesday with the estate, with the miracle, with the vision offering, that we are actually truly, well and truly in uncharted territory where God will lead us in ways we have never been before. I want to take a moment to pray if you believe that God will lead you through paths you've never been before, that you will come to the other end of your journey with a new fear of the Lord with a new reverence for God, with a new, wow, I can't believe God did this. I can't believe I stepped out and he didn't leave me because some of us are so afraid and we think we are our own saviors. And when we see moments like this, we come to the conclusion that we need to dig our own graves. God hasn't called you to dig your grave. God has called you to stand firm and to move forward. Is there one or two people in this room that want to stand firm and move forward? Is there one or two people who will take God at his word and say, I'm going to stand firm and move forward? Is there one or two people who say, I'm going to stop thinking about digging my grave. I'm going to stand firm and move forward. Is there one or two people who have prayed and prayed and you have prayed about the same situation last year and the year before and nothing has changed, but you know God has called you. There is something in you that tells you, no, it was God who started this journey. I'm not going to drown and I'm not going to die. I'm going to stand firm and I'm going to move forward. I'm going to move forward. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to give up because that is God's plan and his desire for you. I want to take a moment to pray for you that your feet will touch land. I literally saw a picture of human footprints at the bottom of the sea. And I really think that's God saying you will walk in uncharted territory. You will walk in places no one has walked. If you want this to be your blessing right now, why don't you close your eyes for a moment of concentration and privacy as I pray this over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for Beacon Church. Lord, we have made a pledge. We have made hundreds of pledges. And we stand <coughs> at this place where we're saying, God, we stepped out. We've made a step. And we don't know how it's going to happen. But we pray that we will stay in the fight. We will not look back. And I sense, Lord, there are people in this room today who are saying, I've been running away from an enemy a long time. But I thank you, Lord, that the sixth watch of the night is coming. That the morning watch is coming. That the dawn is about to break forth. And you're able to confuse the Egyptians so we can move over to the other side. Let this season, let this 2024, let this year be a year of extraordinary miracles. Let this be a year where people walk in territory they've never walked before. Walk in places they've never walked before. Experience things that they've never experienced before. Live in the promises of God that they have never enjoyed before. 
We will walk in places we've never, as a church, as a beacon church, we will launch ministries we've never launched before. We will reach people we've never reached before. People who've never heard the gospel will hear the gospel for the first time. Men and women, boys and girls will bow their knees and be receiving the gift of salvation in our church and through our services like never before. We will walk through areas that no one has trodden before and we will walk through them like like it was the first time. We will we will break into territory that we've never broken through before. I sense the spirit of breakthrough in this room. I sense the spirit of breakthrough in this room. I sense the spirit of breakthrough in this room. Just because it hasn't happened till now doesn't mean it can't happen. Just because it hasn't happened last year, it didn't happen last year and the year before, it doesn't mean it cannot happen this year. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we say, let this be the year where the Red Sea splits before us, where the bottom of the Red Sea becomes dry ground, where footprints will be seen at the bottom of the Red Sea. Lord, metaphorically, in our lives, we will walk through and we will enjoy the favor and the goodness of God and we will look back and say wow God did it we will fear you we will have a reverence for you and we will say this was the Lord's doing Father like the miracles that were already shared today let every person under the sound of my voice receive miracles 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 spiritual miracles mental miracles emotional miracles relational miracles financial miracles vocational miracles miracles in the career miracle condition let this house about their children miracles in the marriage miracles with health condition let this house be a house of miracles 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 something is happening in this room right now something is happening with your spirit right now god is throwing the enemy into confusion right now something is breaking forth in this room right now in the name of jesus miracles 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 Some of you, you will be the first person in your family to do something that you've not been done, that has not been done before. It will be, I see just like a brand new beginning. Things that have never been attempted before. Business ideas that never been in action or implemented in Suffolk, East Anglia before. It will be attempted for the first time. Relationships that have never been mended in families being mended for the first time. People walking in abundance of health and prosperity even though it has not happened in their entire lifetime. It will happen this year. This is a house of miracles. 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 We will not die. We will stand firm. 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 I arrest in Jesus' name every tendency of ours to quit and to dig our graves. No, we will stand firm and we will move forward. We will move forward. And Lord, we will look back and we will share testimony after testimony, praise report after praise report, miracle after miracle, story after story of what you've done. In the meantime, we'll stand firm. We'll keep moving forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, receive the miracles that are in this room for the glory of God. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the miraculous.